0: You know what time it is? The you old know time the game starts. Time for more football reaction. Yes, time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. Time to crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon Hour on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah! From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe.
1: I'm not Mike Greenberg, am I? No, I'm not. This is the High Noon Hour, the debut edition, right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. How you doing, everybody? Live and local on a football Friday. As we lead up to tomorrow's season opener for the 18th-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. They play host to FCS opponent Illinois State. The Redbirds coming to town. Exciting action tomorrow. Just a week or so away from packers football as they open september 11th at minnesota we've got a lot to get into over the course of the next hour our pals rutledge and hamilton will follow us up right at one o'clock going to three hours today as we lead you in to the opening weekend want to give you the phone number right away because we're gonna have a conversation uh right away around the green bay packers And an interesting poll that came out in The Athletic this morning. So the phone number right off the top, 844-770-3776. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. As we talk about where the Packers rank in the NFC, just nine days away from opening kickoff in Minnesota, The Athletic comes out with a poll talking to NFL executives ranking each conference 1 through 16 the teams based strictly on their roster. No coaching staffs. Nothing. Now the practice squad just the active right now as it stands, 53-man rosters, rank them 1-16. to 16. Hunter Vaughn running the show today. Hunter, I know you know the answer, but you were surprised by the answer. Before I tell everyone what the answer is, where would you expect the Packers to rank in the NFC out of the 16 teams they are heading in, where they stand right now to week number one?
2: I would have gone maybe somewhere around a 4 or a 5 because I just think that that receiver room just drops them down so much, and the questions at the O line too. I just think that that would have been enough to say, let's push them down, you know, a few spots.
1: Yeah, you know, off the top of my head, right? I, I think I think there's a, a common theme, especially this past off with fans and and the talking heads like me and you, about where the Packers rank. There are three teams it seems really atop the NFC, but maybe you could make a, a case for a fourth. The Rams, who, of course, the reigning Super Bowl champions. Tom Brady's back, so you got to give a lot of consideration yep. to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, the team that knocked the Packers out of the playoffs last year still very much intact. That would be the San Francisco 49ers. So I think those are three teams you could easily make a case for above the Green Bay Packers. But according to NFL executives, uh-uh-uh. that's not how it's going. The Packers rank only behind the Los Angeles Rams, according to a pool of NFL execs. In terms of their roster, their 53 man roster, they rank number two in the NFC. I wasn't shocked by this ranking. I wasn't taken aback by this ranking, but I was a little intrigued. It piqued my interest, if you will, because there are a lot of question marks. In fact, there are more question marks around this Green Bay Packers specifically offense than there has been since 2008 when Aaron Rodgers took over as the starting quarterback. Now, I know he's won two back-to-back MVPs. I know he's debatably playing the best regular season football of his career. But who's he throwing the ball to this year? I mean, we know the answer. But it's not a sexy answer. You know what a sexy answer is? When I ask the question, who's Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to? A really sexy answer is Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football. You know what a sexy answer is? Jordy Nelson when he's receiving for 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns in a season. You know what a sexy answer is? Greg Jennings, who went into the Packers Hall of Fame last night when he was at the top of his game about 10 years ago. Right, those are sexy answers. And no offense to Alan Lazard. Seems like a good guy, has a great story, practice squad to now number one receiver, but that's not a sexy answer. Romeo Dobbs, he's an unproven rookie. I know how great of a camp he's had. That's not a sexy answer. There's no sexy answer when it comes to who Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball to this year, which concerns me. Still to this day, it's been five, six months since that I traded to Las Vegas, and I'm still concerned, which is not a good thing nine days removed from the season opener. But apparently I'm more worried. I'm being a pessimistic patty in terms and in relation to the NFL execs that say, hey, the Green Bay Packers are going to be just fine. They're going to be fine. They're ranked number two in the NFC. The only roster that looks better than them, number one through 53 right now, is the Los Angeles Rams. And that I wholeheartedly agree with. I think they still are, obviously the defending champions, but they still are the team to beat in the NFC. So let me ask you this. Hunter, I'll start with you, and we'll throw it to the fans as well. 844-770-3776. you way into the show. You can also get at us on Twitter, at ESPN Madison, and you can find me at Alex underscore Strove. Offensively for the Packers, who needs to make the biggest jump? Right? We know w- what Aaron Jones is capable of. We know what A.J. Dillon, I think for the most mm-hmm. part, but going into year three, we know what he's capable of yeah. in the backfield. Who offensively needs to make... The biggest jump. And I'm saying this in terms of, and I, I don't know, how, what's the record for using the, the word sexy in an opening segment? Because I think I've got to be close oh, to breaking we, that record. we've got to be very close. Yeah, I've got to be very close. So in terms of sexy skill positions, who needs to make the biggest jump in your mind, Hunter, for the Green Bay Packers to actually live up to this number two ranking, according to NFL execs? See, because you
2: dropped sexy on it, I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. Had you not done that, I probably would have said Robert Tunyon. Because I don't consider a tight end to be a sexy position. He's a pass
1: catcher, so I'm yeah. okay
2: with that as an answer. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to go Robert Tunyon. Yeah. Because I just think with if you're going to run the ball so much, and we, we've seen it with the Badgers on Saturdays, that offense looks really good when you have a, yeah. a good tight end up the middle of the field. Just with the way that running the ball works and the X's and O's, I'd love to see... Bubby Tunyon all of a sudden take a jump to where he's maybe a top 10 tight end in the league in terms of just production.
1: Yeah, okay. Robert Tunyon, Hunter says, needs to make the biggest jump here in 2022 asking you the same question hit us on the old National Bank talking text line 844-770-3776 Packers football people only nine days away from kicking off which has me thrilled I'm fired up I'm all juiced up we've got Badger football tomorrow we've got Packers football just nine days away who needs to make the biggest jump offensively 844-770-3776 I don't know if we've got a sexy tally going but you can add one and now two more as Andrew and Stoughton texted on the old National Bank talking text line lazard is at least as sexy as jordy nelson he'll put up a thousand and ten meaning a thousand yards 10 touchdown season is what andrew and stoughton predicts for alan lazard now i think that's an asinine take right like not the 10, the 1,010 somebody's got to catch the ball i think that's very doable and likely what will happen for alan lazard i've said a few times in the last couple months i think alan lazard will be if not close at a 1,000 yard season 10 touchdowns to asking a lot but at least as sexy as Jordy Nelson. I mean, are we forgetting? I know, we, I know recency bias affects the brains of millions yeah. when it comes to talking sports, right? I'm a victim of it. Hunter, I know you are too. Yep. Recency bias kills a lot of our thoughts. It, 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 it plagues us. But Jordy Nelson, when he was at the top of his game, was a 1,200-yard receiver. I mean, this guy caught 15 touchdown passes in a season. Jordy Nelson was one of the best receivers in the league, and the connection he had with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Super Bowl season, and, and a couple of years after that, the 15 and one year in, in 2011, um, and, and uh, until he tore his ACL a couple of years later. I mean, he was a top receiver in the National Football League. I can't sit here right now on September 2nd and say Alan Lazard is a top receiver in the National Football League. I I think that's a crazy take. But, Andrew, I like the sentiment, the the second half of your text message. 1,010, I think those are mostly realistic expectations for Alan Lazard. I'd temper him a little bit. 908, right? Like, I think that is the sweet spot for Alan Lazard. I, I think that's who needs to step up the most here in 2022 what say you 844 770 brett noclair on the old national bank text line says alex props on the new show appreciate it brett thanks for listening i think sammy watkins needs to live up to being the number four overall pick he was in buffalo and that's an intriguing comment hunter because sammy watkins has not lived up to any expectations of being a number four overall pick right if you're a top-five pick as a wide receiver, top-ten pick as a wide receiver, the expectations in front of you are that you are going to be a top-ten receiver in the league in the next yeah, five you years. you got to be
2: Julio Jones.
1: Right, exactly. And, and, I mean, there's there's more answers like that, right? Like Justin Jefferson was a first-round pick. He lived up to it immediately. Jamar Chase was a first-round pick. He lived, up, he lived up to it immediately, right? There are few and far – uh, examples where guys actually live up to where they were drafted in the wide receiver position because it's so hard to predict right you see raw ability you see the rat running ability you see you know the ability to catch passes uh contested passes but it's so hard to predict making that jump to the next level Sammy Watkins was a freak at Clemson he was amazing and, and, and uh, 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 he was an amazing college football player But in the National Football League, between injuries and bouncing around teams he's done the last few years, he hasn't been able to stick. But when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers and the need you have at the position, I actually do think Sammy Watkins might be the correct answer here in terms of who needs to step up most for the Packers offense.
2: I think he's a guy that, yes, we need him to step up, but I think he's a forgotten guy. And I just... I just I don't see him being able to consistently do it. I think he's going to have some weird game against Detroit. Where he goes off or something like that a couple of times in the year. Yeah, but, uh, but he's not in every Sunday guy. See,
1: and that's 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 concerning right there, right? Because Sammy Watkins is looked upon right now for the Green Bay Packers as their number two receiver, right? You wouldn't debate Sadly. that, would you? Yeah. Sadly, but it's true, right? And a number two receiver needs to provide and needs to pack a punch and and needs to be the as Brett says on the text line a number four overall pick like he was to Buffalo several years ago back in twenty fourteen and, and his best season on paper Hunter was in twenty fifteen he had a thousand yards and nine touchdowns receiving um that's his best year if sammy watkins can do uh i've never been a math guy let's get that out of the way here in the debut edition of the high noon hour i'm not a math guy but i'm gonna do math right now for you because i'm a magician here we go 750 yards six touchdowns that is a great year for sammy that's not a good year that's not a below average year that is a great year for sammy watkins 700 yards, six touchdowns, that is such a win for the price tag you got him at, A, and B, for the opportunity at the position. If you can get Sammy Watkins for 14 of 17 games, get him in the 700-yard range, and say, oh, my God, the Packers are winning the Super Bowl, right? Like, if you could get a fraction of the best Sammy Watkins season we've seen, which was way back in Buffalo in 2015, you— I mean, you can catapult yourself to the number one position, according to this poll we're going over from The Athletic. We would see kids with Sammy
2: Watkins jerseys all across the state of Wisconsin okay, if he puts on, up pause, those numbers. Pause,
1: pause, 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 pause. I, 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 Okay, here's a, here's a take. Here's a take before – I know we got to get a break, but here's a take. If you – I think jerseys overall are usually a bad investment, right? Like, I don't I, – I'm a huge Packers yep. fan. I grew up born and raised in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So, you know me. I'm a Packers nut, and, and I have a few jerseys. But one season, this would have been uh, 2017, I bought two jerseys that year. I bought a Haha ha Clinton Dix jersey, Oof. And, and I bought a Ty Montgomery jersey. Do you remember what happened on the trade deadline that year? Oh, it didn't go well. No, both those guys were traded on the trade deadline, so I have not bought a jersey since. But Sammy Watkins as a jersey investment is not a safe play. I wouldn't recommend that to any of the kids listening out there. Um, Andrew and Stoughton responding to my Jordy Nelson response. Jordy had four seasons over 1,000 and three over 10 TDs. Easy on the best in the league nonsense. Alan Lazard isn't as sexy as Jordy Nelson. Jordy had four of those. Alan Lazard's at zero of those. I understand your sentiment. He needs to step up, he needs to be the number one guy here in 2022. But uh, he's not as sexy as Jordy Nelson. Nobody's as sexy as Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams in terms of name recognition and the wide receiver depth chart in Green Bay. We'll continue to talk Green Bay Packers. Brett Favre, earlier this week on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, talked about how this defense could be the best in the league. We're focusing on offense. We'll flip our attention to defense. That's next. It's the High Noon Hour right here as we roll on next on ESPN Madison.
0: More football reactions, more from the Gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Put
1: up up a the High Noon Hour! Rolls on on your Friday game day tomorrow in Madison As the Badgers get ready to host Illinois State Alright, I'm going to make a rule here This will be the one and only time I do this ever on the show I don't like talking about the music that, that brings us in But we're going to do this today Hunter Vaughn running the show I'm Alex Stroff, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios The song you hear in the background The title of the song Hunter is what? High Noon And the band title is what? High Noon. So this is the song High Noon by the band High Noon on the High Noon Hour. Yes. Huh. We got meta today. Meta. Uh, indeed we did. Indeed we did. On the High Noon Hour, we're asking you on the old National Bank talking text line 844-770-3776. Uh, I've been told in the break I'm banned from using the word sexy in this, uh, in this segment. Ooh. Yeah, that's too bad, isn't it? Uh, but I will use this word. Who needs to step up most for the Green Bay Packers offense in 2022. I, I, I call this the most unprecedented offense since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback in, in 2008. And for those of you that like to do math at home, that's 15 years ago. I don't remember an offense with this much question marks, this many question marks, since Rodgers took over. We knew Rodgers was good. We didn't know he was great. We didn't know he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. We knew he was good. We knew what we were getting a little bit. Right, unlike we don't with Jordan Love, but we did know with Aaron Rodgers. Right, he was good. We were excited to see what he was capable of. We didn't know he'd parlay it into, uh, you know, an eighteen-year career and four MVPs and a Super Bowl. But we knew he was, Meh, yeah, it's okay. You know, obviously nobody was thrilled with getting rid of Brett Favre. Right, nobody was thrilled. But we knew we had something with this guy, and clearly we did. Now, what do we have in the wide receiver core? What do we have in the tight end room? We know what Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are, we think, when they're healthy. But what else do we know? Not a ton, which is weird. It's kind of fun. But according to NFL executives, as the Athletic earlier today released a poll uh, from NFL executives across the league, ranking the top 16 teams in the NFC by just the roster no coaching staffs, no practice squad, just the 53 man roster as it stands today, Friday, September 2nd, 2022. Number one, the LA Rams. Number two, the Green Bay Packers. Three Tampa Bay, four San Francisco. Rand's at your top 25%. Green Bay having the second best roster top, top to bottom surprised me a little bit, according to NFL executives. I knew they were good, and yes, I know they're good enough to be in the hunt, and they're good enough to win the NFC again here in 2022. But the second best roster top to bottom was a little surprising to me. It didn't, it didn't blow my top off, but it was it certainly got my attention. So that's why we're asking you who you think needs to step up most offensively. Brett Favre uh, actually talked about, and he, he was on Jen Gabe, and Chewy earlier this week on Monday. He will do this every week throughout the football season, and we'll replay a bunch of Favre throughout the football season. We're with you this Friday, next Friday, then we're flipping to Mondays. We're going to make this a reaction show immediately after Willie and Tausch on Mondays during the Packers season, and we're going to hear a lot from Brett Favre on the high noon hour here. So let's start doing that today, Hunter. Let's start with Brett Favre talking about. How the offense has a lot of question marks, but actually that might work to the Packers' advantage.
0: I think I think that you go in and bend, but don't break mentality. I think that that goes to, uh, with really any team that plays against the Packers until they show their cards. You know, I, I wouldn't want to be the first team to play against them. In other words, because there's the unknown, yeah, uh, which scares me with it with Aaron. I was the defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, that's Brett Favre on ESPN. Milwaukee's Jen and Chewy. There's an unknown. And he said he wouldn't like to be the first team that played them. And it's interesting, Hunter. Who is the first team that plays the Green Bay Packers? Oh, they go up to the great white north of Minnesota. Yeah, and uh, Brett Favre finished his career with what NFL team? That would be the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting, right? Uh, so, <laughs> Brett Favre says, yeah, I, I don't want to be the Vikings. I don't want to be the Vikings uh, because there's there's a lot of question marks. And he said something interesting there, right? Like the bend-but-don't-break mentality. And you don't really know what they are until they show their cards. What we have learned, and, you know, there's always this debate about Matt LaFleur. Is he a product of Aaron Rodgers? Is he a good coach? Is he bringing out the best in Aaron Rodgers? They've won 13 games his first three seasons. Aaron Rodgers has won two MVPs. There's a case to be made that Matt LaFleur has helped Aaron Rodgers kind of have this second chapter, if you will, of his career. But we don't really know what he is without Aaron Rodgers. And we're not going to find that out this year. Unless, knock on what he gets injured. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But we don't know what Matt LaFleur is without Aaron Rodgers. And there's a the debate. You know, Is he a good coach? Is he not? The debate doesn't really matter. Because this year we're going to get answers to that question. Right? He had Devontae Adams. He had a very healthy line. And hopefully he will again this year with, with eventually the return of David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins on the offensive line. And Robert Tunyon as well coming back off that ACL tear. But there are a lot of questions in the pass catcher's room. So what does what does Matt Lafleur do in terms of ingenuity? What does he do in terms of, of new plans? Is he you know are we going to see more twenty two set? That's a two tight end two running back set. Are we going to see Aaron Rod, or Aaron Jones rather split out wide as a wide receiver? A lot of uh, you know yesterday Scalzo and Brust, which you hear weekdays four to six right here on one hundred point five ESPN. They were asking the question of hot takes. Heard somebody call in and say uh, Aaron Jones will be the top receiver uh, on the Green Bay Packers. This is a hot take? I don't know how hot that is. Right, like Aaron Jones is is the best player, and they they use this term a lot in college football, which I've got a fascinating stat on Graham Mertz I want to get to in about eh, a little bit less than 10 minutes. But Aaron Jones is a product of you want your best players on the field. They say that all the time in college football. Paul Chris, the head coach of Wisconsin, says it all the time. You want your best 11 on the field always. So with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they're certainly two of your best 11. So I think you're going to see a lot of both of them on the field. And I'm interested to see what a guy like Matt LaFleur, who comes from a, a, a coaching tree of Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, these very innovative head coaches, how does he alleviate the stress that Aaron Rodgers will see with a lack of a real number one receiver? Right? Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard have played a good amount of football together. Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb have played a lot of football together. But those aren't guys in the same tier or echelon or threshold Of Devontae Adams. You're losing a big, big player. And there's a lot of question marks. So Matt LaFleur will make his money and make his mark here in 2022. And I get that with the question
2: marks and losing Devontae Adams. But with Devontae last year, I looked this up. They averaged 266 passing yards a game. Even without Devontae, I think you can replicate that production from this offense. So it's it's not going to be a guy's getting 100-plus yards every single game. It's going to be five guys Share up the over wealth. 50. Share the wealth. Yeah. Right. And so I just think as long as the offense is just efficient and you can be close to that top 10 that they were this last year, I think they literally finished number 10, then
1: you're okay. Yeah, no, I agree with you totally, right? And it keeps coming back to the point that we've talked about all offseason. If somebody needs to catch the ball, right, Aaron Rodgers' production probably won't take a huge backslide. He's not going to throw for 2,500 yard less yards than he has the last couple seasons. But it comes down to what Matt LaFleur designs this offense to do and how well it works because you don't have these true studs that I referenced at the top of the show, right? Aaron Rodgers has had a true number 1 receiver pretty much the entirety of his career. And he's made them. He's made them. So maybe that's what we see in Alan Lazard. And he just takes this, you know, this just master jump to a 1,200 yard, you know, double digit touchdown receiver. I don't see that happening. I think he'll have a really good year. And I think I said earlier 900 yards, eight touchdowns, somewhere in there. It's like a good range for Alan Lazard to fall. But somebody needs to catch the ball. And somebody will, and many people will, right? And I think to your point, there's going to be a lot of spreading of the wealth amongst you know all seven receivers they kept, the two running backs they currently have on the roster, which will eventually be three when Kylan Hill returns from physically unable uh, to, to return or the physically unable to perform list, and uh, and Robert Tunyon as well at tight end. So there are a lot of questions, but at the end of the day, somebody's going to need to catch the ball, and you have Aaron Rodgers under center, so a lot of those problems are minimized and seem a lot less. Brett Favre also, let's flip to the other side of the ball now, Hunter, because the defense has gotten a lot of hype this offseason and at the top of that depth chart, I've been banned from saying that word, but I'm going to say it here, Hunter. That defense is sexy. At the top of that depth chart. Very sexy. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we're talking about a really, really good defense at the top of the depth chart. Brett Favre, well, he holds some high expectations for them too. Here he is earlier this week on ESPN's ESPN Milwaukee's Jen Gabinchu.
0: Green Bay's defense probably will be, barring injury, be the best defense in the league when it's all said and done. Will that result in a Super Bowl win? Time will tell. But I do think that they're vastly improved
1: and going to be hard to score against. Going to be hard to score against. And he's right, right? I mean, if they can remain healthy, earlier this year, Mina Kimes ranked them as the second best defense in the entire National Football League. Now Brad Favre, and maybe he's a little biased, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. Brad Favre's a little (laughs) little biased, right? But he says they could be the best in the league. And so the expectations, and it's weird. I don't know that I ever remember, at least in the last, I don't know, two decades, where the offense is the one with all the question marks and all the, huh, I wonder what's going to happen there. And the defense is, you know, the, 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 the foundation of the team, if you will right like they are the backbone of this team this year it seems at least in the preseason of 2022 this defense expectations are sky high and that's fair right as i mentioned the top of the depth chart really really good you you, you expect a jump from a guy like Rashan gary you, you drafted your last three first round picks in the last two years have all been defensive members from the university of georgia who last year had the best defense in college football and you, and you grab two guys and De, Devonte wyatt and quay walker and last year you draft Eric Stokes, a cornerback from Georgia. So uh, the, the, um, you know, the G is very familiar for all three of those guys as they just convert their colors from red and black to green and gold. I'm intrigued to see what this defense is. And I don't know if right away they're going to be a top defense in the league, but if they can remain healthy, I really do think they're going to keep this team in ball games, which has not been a case in Aaron Rodgers' tenure as a starter since 2008. Right? Defense has usually been the downfall. Of Aaron Rodgers and we got a quick glimpse into what maybe that could look like in the divisional round loss to the San Francisco 49ers back in January when the defense plays their best football and limits an offense to practically nothing it's the offense's turn to just get some points on the board they were unable to do that in January but what we've learned and and uh, my final thought on this when it comes to Aaron Rodgers what we've learned with him is when he put a chip on his shoulder he plays the best football of his career they drafted Jordan Love in 2020. 21 and 22, Aaron Rodgers wins the league MVP award. When you put a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder, he usually doesn't only do well, he does great. He does great things. And I imagine, you know, when we're criticizing Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not talking COVID vaccine. I'm talking actual football playing. When we criticize Aaron Rodgers, that just grows the chip on his shoulder, and it'll make him even more amped up to come out and put points on the board because there's question marks but there's also the memory of the divisional round loss to san francisco where farron Rodgers scores a couple touchdowns just two of them even just one of them really the packers go to the nfc championship game for the third straight year they'll try to make it three or four here in 2022 a lot of questions we got nine days to start figuring those out 844 770 that's the old national bank talking text line your way in to the show this is the high noon hour we're of course brought to you by high noon vodka sodas they're freaking delicious i love them so much we're gonna crack one open and we're gonna give you a fascinating stat on graham mertz the wisconsin badgers quarterback i mean hunter We should open our own research firm because what we found in show prep earlier today about Graham Mertz might be the most fascinating stat I've ever seen of a college quarterback. most fascinating stat. I'll tell you what that is and maybe what it means. That's next. It's the High Noon Hour right here on ESPN Madison. You're listening to
0: the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank Talk & Text Line, 844-770-3776. Yeah. Well, well, well. Too sexy for this Too for this ice. Too sexy for that jet.
1: Yeah. yeah, the high noon hour rolls on right here at 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. Twelve thirty-six on your Friday. Almost the weekend, people. Can't wait for that. College football weekend. Here in Madison. I know you'll be partying out on the streets. I'll be with you on Regent Street uh, tomorrow. Looking forward to Wisconsin number 18 opening their season hosting Illinois State. Before I get to the most fascinating stat I've maybe ever read, I mean, it is it is terrifically fascinating on, on Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz. I got to tell you about your opportunity to win $20,000. Sunny with a chance to win $20,000. High noon Celters. As I told you earlier, made with real vodka, real juice, and sparkling water. Uh-uh. Oh, uh, uh, are they good. I love those things. 13 flavors now. And they are now available in Tailgate and Variety, 8 or 12 packs. And get this, people, $20,000 on the line here this fall for a limited time at participating locations in the Madison area. You can scan the QR code at the point of purchase for your chance to win $20,000 instantly. Snap of a finger. That's right. A chance to win twenty. dollars thousand dollars instantly courtesy of our great friends over at high noon you must be 21 or older to enter and there is no purchase necessary just scan the qr code look for them around participating locations in madison and you can instantly win twenty thousand dollars it's a good good check of change uh if i do say so myself everybody could use twenty thousand dollars except maybe graham mertz who uh, of course last year was Pretty much the face in college sports, at least early when name image likeness was introduced, right? He came out with a, a gear line. He had a couple deals early. He was really the, the first, at least local athlete, to embrace the new name image likeness era in college sports and Graham Mertz is a fascinating character. I talked to him earlier this week. He seems ready to go. The guy's always oozed confidence. He's a very confident guy. You like seeing that as a quarterback should be confident despite some of the struggles he's had over the last couple of years. He oozes confidence. Last night I was watching a Big Ten matchup, Big Ten football here in Week 1 on a Thursday. How great is that? As Penn State and Purdue uh, were were going head-to-head last night, and it was a thrilling game, really good Big Ten game in in week number one. Uh, Gus Johnson on the call of that one, if I'm not mistaken, Hunter, right? Yeah, yeah He gu- So excited yeah, for football. Yeah, be yeah, let's let's just leave it at that, right? Gus Johnson mid-season so four, he was very very excited. Um, but I, I I couldn't help but notice they popped up Aiden O'Connell, who's the quarterback at Purdue. It was Purdue and Penn State, and Aiden O'Connell, one of the better quarterbacks, if not you know the second best quarterback behind C.J. Stroud in the Big Ten this year. I couldn't help but notice at the end of the game they popped up a stat line, and at that point he had thrown 51 passes. He ended throwing 58 passes. Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback who we saw here in Madison week one of last year, threw 37 passes in the Penn State win. And I was fascinated by, by how many passes both these teams had thrown, right? 37 for Penn State, 58 passes attempted for Purdue. That was insane to me, right? That, that's, a, that's a big amount. And I thought to myself, Graham Mertz, why isn't he throwing 30 passes? Why isn't he throwing 50 passes in a, in a shootout game like Purdue and Penn State was last night? Well, I think we found the answer as, as we did some research on Graham Mertz's history as a starter. He has started 22 games as a Wisconsin Badger. 22 of them. Okay? Follow with me here. There has been six games in which Graham Mertz has thrown over 30 passes. Our number here is 30 because Sean Clifford at 37, we thought 30 is a good number. When Graham Mertz has thrown over 30 passes, the Badgers are 0-6. Oof. They have never won a game under the Graham Mertz era when he's thrown 30 passes or more. They're 0-6. Now, the other fascinating part of this is when Graham Mertz throws under 30 passes, 16 games, right, Hunter? When Graham Mertz throws under 30 passes, the Badgers are 15-1. and they only have it's one ridiculous. loss. And the one loss is a loss to Michigan last year in 2021, and if you remember, that was a game Graham Mertz got injured in. Fifteen and one when he throws under thirty passes. So that answers my question of why isn't Graham Mertz airing it out a little bit more? Is because the Badgers win based on the philosophy they have for a very long time, and that is running the football down the opponent's throat. And they'll have a great opportunity to do that again this year with a three-headed monster in the backfield. Braylon Allen, Isaac Arendo, Ches Malusi, the top three running backs for the Wisconsin Badgers here in 2022. They got a great backfield, right? One of the best in college, if not the best in college, all of college football. But Graham Mertz is, is the biggest question, as we continue to talk about him, uh, of this Badgers team. What is he made of? And this stat tells me he's probably not a gunslinger. 0-6 when he throws over 30 passes, 15 and 1 when he keeps it. It's actually under what, like 26 passes? Uh yeah, the most he threw where they got a win was 23 attempts. Okay. So something in the in the range of like 20 to 25 pass attempts, you're likely going to win the game with Graham Mertz as your quarterback. But if he is is in a spot where he you know he's working from behind and he has to throw more, you lose. You're 0-6. It's it's a fascinating statistic on Graham Mertz and 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 the struggles he's had so far in his 22 games as the Wisconsin Badgers starter but what I say to that stat is let's throw it out the window beginning tomorrow against Illinois State I said this yesterday on Rutledge and Hamilton but I want to I reiterate my point this is a game in which the Badgers will win no matter how poorly they play I don't care if you trot me out as their top wide receiver, tell Chimray DK to have a night out off, I still got some eligibility left due to the COVID year. I'll go play wide receiver, number one, for Graham Mertz. And the Badgers still win that game by meh, four or five touchdowns. I, they can play as as poorly as they possibly can. There's no way they lose to Illinois State tomorrow. So what I say is let's see what Graham Mertz is. The backup quarterback. Chase Wolf got hurt last week. There's nobody pushing to replace Graham Mertz this year, right? Miles Burkett, likely the backup option. He's a freshman, in state freshman. You're not getting replaced, Graham Mertz. Your your job is as safe as it comes in college football. So what I say, my vote is, not that it holds any weight, but my vote is let Graham Mertz air it out tomorrow against Illinois State because if he throws 30 passes tomorrow, Hunter, they're still going to win the game. And this stat that we used today that I was so fascinated by and taken aback by, we can throw it out the window because I believe Graham Mertz, he has the confidence already, off the field in his interviews, in his press availability, with his teammates. He just oozes his confidence. He's, you know, from what I hear from the players, he's looked at as a big-time leader on this, on this Badgers team. So let him go bananas, right? Give Braylon Allen an easy workload tomorrow. Let him only have like 10 carries. Let Graham Mertz throw the ball 35 times. Let's see what he is until he eventually takes a seat, I imagine, in the fourth quarter because they're up by five touchdowns. It, I get it, and I want to see him air it out. But
2: that big OHIO in week four in Columbus, I'm already looking ahead to that for this Badgers okay, team. But
1: but I think this so, is an important point though, Hunter, right? Because Get I think the running game everybody. going then. Right, you will. You'll have plenty of opportunity to do that. You but, have the best backfield in college do, football. Do You're it the, right away. You don't need to do it right away. Yeah, you do. The backfield's good enough, right? You don't need to. You don't need to carry the ball seventy-five times in an F, against an FCS opponent. You likely will because you're going to be winning by so much, and they likely will. Hunter, they're not going to do what I'm saying, but I think from as you amp up, right? Last year they opened the season with Penn State, and then a couple of weeks later they went down to Chicago to play Notre Dame. Their schedule is way tougher at the beginning of the year, whereas this year they have. They, they have uh, Illinois State, they have Washington State, New Mexico State, right? Non-conference opponents, weak schedule, weak sauce, right? Easy way to open the air. I view Graham Mertz as needing more of a ramp up when you get to Ohio State and you're likely playing from behind, and Graham Mertz will be asked to throw the football 30 times. I want to see him do that in a game he can win, right? Because look at the stat. It's on both of our sheets. When he throws over 30 passes – the Badgers are 0-6, and all of those games are games where they were playing from behind and Graham Mertz was put in a spot where he needed to go win the football game. He's going to be in that position in Columbus on September 24th. But then why
2: not, to that same idea, is make sure that your running game in
1: three weeks is at the highest it level be. it can be. It but will be. I think It, it, is it so, wasn't it, last it's, year. It's so asinine to sit here and tell me this three-headed There's, monster won't be ready. It's, it's the O-line. It's Allen,
2: not dude. the running backs that I'm worried about. It's the O-line. They were a revolving door of different combinations last year, and then you're going to just say like, "Okay, we've got our guys now. You're going to be fine. They're ready to go, and we're just going to assume everything's okay."
1: Yeah, at let's least just, today, let's just coast in, then, guys. Let's just not worry about Ohio State. The the date on the calendar that should be absolutely circled, and although they will never say it, it should be on Paul Chris' calendar, September 24th at Ohio State. That's a game. If you go in and win you're officially in the college football playoff conversation. You knock off Ohio State because them and Alabama are the top two teams in college football undisputed on a tier of their own right now as it stands on September 2nd. I get your point because that will be the identity of your offense, as it should be. It should be the running game. I understand what you're saying, and they will get the ramp up. They've got three games to do so. But in the opening game, just one game, Hunter. I'm just asking for this in one game. I'm not saying New Mexico State throw the ball 45 times and then throw it 55 times against Washington State, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I want to see Graham Mertz throw 28, 29, 30, 31 passes, get an easy win, which it will be tomorrow. They're going to win by a billion. Everybody in that stadium is going to be hammered because it's a 6 p.m. kickoff. Regent Street's going to be bananas. Can't wait to be down there tomorrow. And Graham Mertz just needs to perform. He can prove he can do it, right? This is a big-time recruit. This is a guy, when he was recruited, Hunter, you remember the reaction. Yeah. Everybody thought he was going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Wisconsin was going to be a national championship contender. This is going to be the greatest quarterback Wisconsin had ever seen or the best they'd seen since Russell Wilson, who, by the way, has having a pretty good NFL career. Got a lot of money yesterday when he signed a new contract. The expectations for Graham was for him to not just be a game manager and be remarkably average. The expectations for Graham Mertz was to be a gamer and to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football. We haven't seen that yet. So, against an FCS opponent, which doesn't matter. You're going to win by five touchdowns if Graham Mertz doesn't play, right? Like, you're going to win by a billion points either way. So let Graham Mertz get comfortable. Let him show, yeah, that Illinois game wasn't a complete fluke. I'm going to play Illinois State now and throw another five touchdowns on 30 pass attempts, and I'm actually going to get that monkey off my back of if I throw 30 passes, I lose, because that is an incredible statistic we found. 0 for 6. When he throws 30 plus passes. That's a crazy stat for a guy that's, uh, you know, was he a three or four? I think it was a four star. Four star.
2: And especially in, you keep saying in 2022, the way that college football is, where you guys have guys throwing it 60 times a game almost, and we can't even get him over 30. And yeah. then they're going to lose.
1: Yeah. Like they just, it hurts. Let Graham Mertz sling tomorrow against Illinois State. That's what I say. What say you? Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Am I insane? Am I overreacting to this 0 for 6 stat? 30 plus passes for Graham Mertz what say you 844-770-3776 get old with old national bank on the old national bank talking text line he's hunter vaughn running the show i'm alex strove here on the high noon hour we're live from the park bank espn madison studios we'll wrap it up next i want to continue this conversation on graham mertz because i'm a little bit nervous about this season for him and that's why i'd like it here in game one we'll continue to talk mertz and I want to know what's in your crockpot on Saturday because I'm a crockpot guy when it comes to football weekends. What's in your crockpot? Let me know, 844-770-3776. We wrap up the High Noon Hour next right here on ESPN Madison. More
0: football reactions, more from the gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand.
1: season off to a hot start here in madison as we roll out on, on the high noon hour alex Strope with you for the next couple minutes uh, as rutledge and hamilton an expanded version with our friends jim rutledge matt hamilton molly brown going to kick it off here in about seven minutes one o'clock all the way until four o'clock with you this afternoon but football season off to a hot start in madison this is from our friends at wkow.com 137 people cited for underage drinking on state street thursday 137 underages issued already. Uh, the students arrived back to campus yesterday. By the way, for those of you curious, 137 underages. Oh man, that's Oops. a
2: tough. That's a bad beat though. Uh, I had the over under at 140 and a half. Oh, okay, that and is I a bad. I went over. So. Yeah, that it is, is
1: tough. That is rough. That is an insane number. Um, which is which is a shocking headline to read. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I just saw that. But um, welcome back to uh, to to College Town, people. Uh, as we roll on here on ESPN Madison, that's Hunter Vaughn uh, producing the show for us here on the high noon hour hunter i i I teased it last uh segment i asked what's in your crock pot 844-770-3776 here's my tradition for football right especially Sundays, since usually and uh tomorrow will be another case where you and i are working uh Mm -hmm. espn wisconsin college game day returns tomorrow uh we'll be live from Regent street before the game beginning at four o'clock and immediately following the final whistle we'll be live reacting to the season opener between Wisconsin and Illinois State right here on 100.5. ESPN ESPN app and Wisconsin on demand. So Sunday's usually my crockpot day when I just sit on my butt, do nothing but watch NFL football. Uh, I do I do uh, I do spaghetti. I've done I've done all sorts of stuff in the crockpot. Uh, but we had we had a call uh, during the break from Ryan and Madison. He gave you a recipe I hear? Yeah. For some Southwest Chicken Chili. That sounds delicious. Yes. Three
2: chicken breasts with a jar of salsa. I didn't expect you to repeat the recipe. Oh, oh yeah. I I got to let the world know. Yeah,
1: go ahead. Give it it to us. Ryan and Madison's famous uh, Southwest
2: Chicken Chili. Here we go. Go. Three chicken breasts, a jar of salsa, three to four hours in the crock pot. Then you shred up the chicken, and then you add in some corn, beans, whatever
1: else you want with it. That's it. That sounds easy, and it sounds delicious. Now, what made me think of this, Hunter, is you are slow-cooking what this weekend? I'm going to be doing some ribs in the crock pot on Monday. Mother-in-law's coming over. So let's get this out of the way very quick here. This is the debut edition of the High Noon Hour. We're going to do this this Friday, next Friday, and it's always noon to one. Next Friday, noon to one. Then September 12th, we're making the flip to Mondays. Mondays, noon to one. We're going to react to Packers. We're going to react to Badgers. But I need, so- I need to let everybody know something right up front. I need to be very transparent. Not a good cook, and I'm very lazy. So crockpot recipes, boom. Count me in Perfect. on every single one. So this week's crockpot recipe of the week is Ryan and Madison's Southwest Chicken Chili. Three chicken breasts, a can of salsa. Let it go for how many hours? Three to four. Shred it up, then add whatever else you want vegetable-wise. That is the, uh, the debut Inaugural Crockpot recipe of the week from our friend Ryan and Madison. That's something we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. Yes. Because it's football season, it's good to do the Crockpot. You don't really want to cook a, an elaborate meal. You want to sit on your butt like I do, watch football. Crockpot recipes are what we're going to focus on in this show. It's going to be a heavy emphasis. Crockpot recipe of the week there from Ryan and Madison is Hunter Making ribs, Ryan and Madison making Southwest Chicken Chili. Whatever you're making, I'd love to hear about it. 844-770-3776. Before we wrap up, we got about a minute left. I I, I want to go back to a statistic I just read on Graham Mertz, which I was blown away by. So Graham Mertz has started twenty two games for the Wisconsin Badgers at quarterback when he throws under thirty passes, super efficient, fifteen and one record. The only loss to Michigan a year ago when he was injured. When Graham Mertz is asked to throw over 30 passes, attempt 30 passes in a game, he is 0-6, Has never won a game. And that is usually because he's playing from behind. And me and Hunter got in a really fun conversation about Ohio State on September 24th, where they will likely be playing from behind. So, I want Graham Mertz to throw over 30 passes tomorrow against Illinois State, get his first win when he throws over 30 passes, and maybe he'll be ready to attempt a ton of passes September 24th. Uh, at Ohio State. A big thanks to Hunter Vaughn for running the show today. I'm Alex Strupp. Thanks so much for hanging out with me on the debut edition of the High Noon Hour. If you missed any of the show available, wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe not next, but it will be by the end of the weekend. Rutledge and Hamilton, coming up next.